You're listening to the See the Unseen podcast, where our number one focus is creating a little visibility for people who deserve a whole lot of spotlight. I'm your host, Melissa Georgioff, and I'm here to share some amazing stories that can transform and inspire lives. So get ready to take those blinders off and see the unseen. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here tonight with Charlie Brown. Charlie is a Nashville singer-songwriter. He's a high school school teacher, and he is a father and a dad. And he wrote um, What I Wouldn't Give by Blake Shelton, and he got a gold record out of that. And we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about what he's up to next. So welcome to the podcast, Charlie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I thought that we would first kind of talk about where you grew up. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Wood River, Illinois. Okay, so me and Andy have this joke about Wood River, okay? Because I say it's Wood River, okay? And he wood said, river. it's two words, it's Wood River. And I said, no, if you're, you, don't, you don't sound like you're from around here if you don't say Wood River, like all one word. Right. Is that true? Well, it's kind of one word for me. Is it? It's yeah. for me too. We were actually in the uh, we're in the last house in Wood River, so we were Roxana School District. So we were living in Wood River, but going to Roxana. So there was like we were right on the line and crosstown rival, and it was it was pretty cool. I feel like maybe you just didn't want to say that you're from Roxana. Oh no, I'm very proud to be from Roxana. Well, I guess you are. I know that you wrote a song about it, which we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> and I do have a picture of um, you know I've been I've been kind of being rough on Roxana. I did that on. on uh, the podcast with Tommy, I made a comment about um, moving to, uh, you know, moving to Bethalto for your women um, <laughs> because I said my kid's dad moved here. Um, but anyway, I do have to say that the football team was amazing, uh, even though that, you know, you guys did kick our butt. So we I did. do have a picture of you here. Um, oh, this is you. I guess you really can't see this here. So that's your your football picture. And uh, it's in black and white. It looks, look uh-huh. at these pictures. They look yes. super old. The smallest um, guy on the team. But I, I did that because I feel like every guy's dream is to have their like football picture up, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was cool. Playing, playing football for Roxanne was amazing. Uh, playing for Charlie Rach, Bill Smith, Jeff Welker. Uh, Charlie Jeff- Rach was an awesome coach. Yeah. Yeah. He, and- he was amazing. Yeah, my kid's dad was the um, captain of the football team, I hear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sure so, was. Um, he was great. Yeah, and you wrote a song uh, for Roxana for the football team, right? Or Tapping on the Lockers? Oh, what was yeah, that I for? Did. I have a picture. I'm pulling it up here. I'll show you here what I'm doing. Um, so tell me about that. Tell me about writing that song. Um, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. I was, uh, I was coaching for Roxana and uh, I was volunteering, just wanted to be out there and, uh, be a part of it. Um, I ended up back in Roxana teaching. So that was a, that was a pretty cool moment. Then I started coaching football and then, uh, just watching all these kids, you know, all the memories came back and sitting in the same locker room as the coach. It was pretty surreal. And so uh, this song idea came to mind, and I was just uh, I was just imagining what I would have said back in the '80s, you know, before uh, going out onto the field because we were listening to Van Halen and uh, things like that before we ran out there. So I was trying to write a song of what I would want to say 
before I went out there if I had a song back then. So I got to kind of get in my 17 year old brain and, uh, and, and I wrote this song and was excited about it. And then Chuck Sheets, his son was playing and uh, my nephew Jordan was playing on the team at the time and my nephew Gage. And uh, it was, it was just a really cool thing. Then we ended up just doing a video to go with it. And it, uh, yeah, I did see that. Kind of took off. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so you got you were coaching as well. So you were teaching and coaching and playing music. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to small town. Okay, okay. small town. And now you're in Bethalto. That's my hometown. Yes. So see, I it's came, a cool place. I yeah, to come to Bethalto. Yeah, we I love Bethalto, and I think, you know, we were just talking about this when you first um, came in. Is that a lot of cool things happen in Bethalto? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had somebody. Well, I maybe I shouldn't tell that story, but they made kind of a nasty comment about coming from a small town. I always got the jokes, you know, in corporate America about, you know, corn growing corn or, um, you know, what are you going to do, Melissa? Buy the town of Bethalto or, you know, whatever. But um, I was like, you know, a lot of cool stuff. We don't have fires here, we, you know forest fires and we don't have like you know i want to say tornadoes but i don't know but you know hurricanes and everything i mean this is like switzerland you know it's just very nice switzerland yeah Bethalto's awesome we have some you know we have romas we have romas pizza here in you do have romas i mean nobody has pizza like romas romas is amazing yeah frank you can pay me later for that um but <laughs> and romas is not a sponsor yet of this podcast but um yeah no so I think that we have a lot of fun stuff. I think, you know, come, I came from humble beginnings too. Like I didn't come from money. I don't know. Maybe you came from money, um, but yeah. I did not. And um, I always say that I got my bucket out when it rained. Um, and I thought everyone did that, um, but we just couldn't afford to fix the roof. Um, but you know what? Like, you know, I, that's why I want to tell my, you know, I help tell my story so that other kids can know that just because you didn't go to some Ivy league college or, you didn't come from money that you can still do what you want to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And look at you. Like you you came from a small town and you have a gold record. And which I I'm gonna save that picture for later, but um that picture is like super awesome. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really, really proud of the gold record. It's it's pretty humbling to have that. And it's actually looking back on it, the more I look back on it, the pretty it's pretty amazing uh, that it did happen because I started out um well, I didn't start writing songs or playing guitar or singing until I was 20 because, uh, you know, we were, I grew up in a, a big family and we did sports and we didn't do music. And if I mentioned, uh, hey, I think I'm going to get a guitar. It was like, no, we're Browns. You know, we do, we do sports around here. And, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of silly to think about that. But then I kept thinking about it. And then finally, um, when I was in college, when I went to Lewis and Clark, uh, I got cut from the baseball team. And then I was going to school three days a week and uh, I had nothing to do. I had all this free time. And that's about the time Garth came out. And I, when his music came out, Clint Black's was right before his. And I just got the bug and I couldn't stand it any longer. So I went out and got a job at the pasta house. At the pasta money. house, huh? Yeah, I was a waiter there. Okay. And um, saved up $225 and bought my first guitar. So $225. Then, yeah. So Wow. And back What then, kind of guitar do you get for that? um not a great one <laughs> yeah I, I once had a um, stay tuned i mean it stayed tuned but that's about it here's the bad story i once had an ex-boyfriend who i spent six thousand dollars on a hummingbird guitar like i i'm not proud of that 
Um, he yeah, somehow I was talked into that. I I went in like, hey, how about like I I you know did I got some money, and so I was like, you know, let's celebrate. I'll buy you a guitar. So we go to Nashville. And I said, any guitar you want, you know. Well, he picks out this fifteen hundred dollar guitar, and then by the time we're paying for it, the guy at the counter was like, "Well, if my girlfriend was paying for a guitar, I'd be getting one of these." And like all of a sudden, I didn't know there was a six thousand dollar hummingbird. That, yeah, that was that's another story. That's one of my bad, yeah. bad moments. But anyway, two hundred twenty five dollars. You're working at the pasta house, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna start songwriting, or well, I that was uh, before Google. And so I I went to the library and I was looking for books on how to write songs. Um, I found a couple and then um, I found a lady, Judy McGill, who worked at Roxana. And um, she was a a vocalist and she uh, taught voice lessons. So I was taking voice lessons. I was reading books on how to write songs and put them together. What's voice lessons like? Um, I mean, do you, there's a lot more to it than you think there is. Yeah, that I thought there was. Um, can you get really good? Like, can I sound like Madonna or something if I take voice lessons? I don't know. Um, I think I think some people are very gifted. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was not just like born gifted with a with a voice. I just wanted to learn how to sing. So anybody can learn how to sing. And really get, and get better yeah okay. it, is a, it is a learnable skill but some people are just amazing at it yeah so i had to work really hard to get to the point where um you know i don't i don't consider myself an artist but i'm a singer songwriter and i'm more of like a stylist voice and um i can get a song across to where um you know if i'm trying to get my song to the big guys they can you know it's in tune and mm-hmm. they can hear what i'm trying to go for and then um and then i had friends who played guitar and i just had them show me chords and I took guitar lessons for a while, but they were having me play like individual notes and mm-hmm. Mary had a little lamb. And I was just like, no, I want to sing Garth Brooks. I want to know these chords. Yeah. Did so, you get one of those guitar buddies? No, no. <laughs> I think I, I bought that. I bought Andy one of those. I have mixed <laughs> feelings about that. I hope they do well. I hope they do a good, you know, have a I just business. think if just like, learn to play. If, if I did that, I would get it on there. And then they're like red, blue, and green. It's like Guitar Hero. And then it's like, what if you got really good at that? And then I'm like, don't take my guitar buddy away. Guitar buddy. Yeah, I've been seeing that lately. Yeah. Just, um, uh, just, just suck for about six months and learn how to play for real. Well, yeah. And it's the calluses. I mean, I asked Tommy Carlos when he was on the podcast. I said, Tommy, you know, how is there some secret? You know, he's like, no, you have to build calluses. And I'm like, so you have to do the hard work. Jeez. Can you put like glue or something like that on your fingers Um, to make it better? You can put fingernail polish on it, but I've never done that. Okay. I can tell when I haven't played for a while. So if I'm playing, it's a little bit painful. But so that means you just get back on it. Pain right through it. Pain through it until you get the calluses back. Okay. And if you don't have calluses, maybe you're not, you're not been practicing enough. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So you had voice lessons and do you feel like that really helped and you got even better? It helped a lot. Okay. Because I didn't even know what singing was. I was just, you know, when you sing in the car or the shower, you just, I didn't know that when your voice came out, um, each word had to have a note. Okay. I was that green. Yeah. I have no idea about song, uh, you know, voice lessons. I probably should take some, but you know. I don't know. Andy wants to take voice lessons. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, I think he has a pretty good voice. I think he could definitely like sing in church. And if I've got some reverb or something, I mean, I love to get out karaoke and sing. But So, yeah. So you were so you 
took voice lessons. And then how did, when did you start saying, you know what, I want to start writing songs and I'm going to give it a go? Well, I'm going to back up again. If okay. you mind. Um, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a house that was just, there was just all kinds of music going on. There was, um, you know, Kiss, you know, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, El, a lot of Elvis and, uh, just, country tom t hall all the all the good stuff into all kinds of different uh genres so i just always loved music and i knew from an early age that i wanted to um i didn't want to just listen to it and have that feeling of what it makes me feel like i want to have that i wanted to do that to make other people feel that way so um i would go downstairs and my uh we had a pretty lively household we had seven people in the house and it was oh my gosh crazy you well, have... I, well five kids oh uh, my gosh i did not know that yeah. And so it was, it, it got a little crazy and loud. And so I would go escape in the basement and I would just, you know, listen to the radio and, mm -hmm. and I'm banging my guitar on your pole here. So it's okay. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, the basement. Yeah, so I would just the put on there and I would just get immersed with it. And so then I always had those thoughts like, you know, I want to write songs and I want to play guitar and be a singer and all that. And, uh, and then I always just pushed it down because we just didn't do that. I didn't have anybody in the family that did that. So I did have an aunt, Anita, who played the organ. And uh, but that was about it. So anyway, I was, you know, I was in basketball, baseball, football and uh, very blessed to be in the whole um, uh, Roxanna machine when we were doing real well. And there were so many teams before us that did so well that paved it for us. And then actually, even after us, there were some great teams. But um, when I got to college, I was I still wanted to do the music. It just wouldn't leave me alone. And so I. I went out for the baseball team. I walked on. I actually didn't even know if I wanted to go to college because I wanted to write songs. And uh, people kept telling me to be a teacher. Um, you should be a teacher. You're good with kids. You know, I was mm -hmm. always like the chosen like babysitter and stuff. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll be a teacher. So, but I still had the music thing going. So I went out for the baseball team because um, I thought that was just like the next logical thing, but I didn't really prepare. I didn't lift or uh, practice. So, um, and I was, it's kind of funny looking back because I was surprised and I was devastated that I got cut from the team. Got you know, cut I from was, the which team? Uh, the football? The baseball team. Baseball team. Okay. Yeah, Lewis and Clark. So, yeah, in the fall, I went out for the team and um, didn't see my name on the list on That's outside of coaches. Totally door. sucks when that happens. It, isn't it sucked, but I didn't deserve it because I didn't prepare. Okay. Uh, I kind of half heartedly. Half-heartedly, half-heartedly. Mm -hmm. Half-heartedly. Uh, words are difficult sometimes, but <laughs> I just, uh, I wasn't on there. So I kept going through the list and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I was always a starter. I was never like, you know, first team all conference, mm -hmm. but I was always a starter and, and uh, a good part of the team, um, baseball, basketball, football. But so to go from three sports to practice and a game, something every day after school to nothing, to just going to college three days a week, I didn't know what to do. And mm -hmm. that's when... Um, that's when it kind of all came to a head and I just had to had to go do something about it, uh, about the music, because there was the opening. So what did you do about it? That's when I went and got the job. Um, well, I kind of just wanted to do it and kept talking about wanting to do it. And then Garth's um, much too young to fill this damn old came on the radio and just I couldn't take it anymore. So I had to go get a guitar. That was the song that did it for you. Uh, a lot of songs up until then, but uh, that's the one that pushed me over the edge. Yeah. And so, okay, so is that when you started thinking about writing songs or you wanted to perform songs? Because there was a time when you, I know that you were 
trying, you were going to make it as an artist. You wanted to do the artist thing. And you still, do you still want to be an artist? Because I'm like, I was a little confused with Tommy. He was like, no, I don't want to be an artist. I'm like, but you kind of are an artist. And um, then he's like, I mean, he's kind of a big deal. And he's like, well, I just want to write songs for people and yeah. make the, you know, be nice to and let the world, you know, I don't I just, know what I'm well, saying. But... I wanted to be everything at first. I wanted to be okay. a singer, uh, artist, um, you know, songwriter. I wanted to be everything, but I'm definitely leaning towards, I mean, I love, I love releasing my own songs and putting them out and stuff, but I don't want to travel the country and be away from my family because right. that's what I, um, I, I love about songwriting is I can, I can be home and I can go out in the garage and every Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday, I'm out there at 730, mm -hmm. except for tonight, because this is a normally a song shack night. But um, so this worked out for me. But uh, I like I like doing that. And I like making my trips to Nashville in the summer, uh, which teaching really helps me uh, get down there. And it's just nice to be the writer. Right. I'm always trying to get my songs to the to the big artists. And I um, and just in case they don't record them, I like to record them on my own. Yeah, I don't think people realize that, though, because, you know, when when you start getting into singing and everything, everybody wants thinks that you just want to go and be, you know, Luke Bryan or something. But they don't realize like that you are away from your family and like how, you know, and then there's this image you have to portray. And it just seems I think being on the road would suck, actually. Like, I mean, maybe it's cool to be famous and everything. But I think at the end of the day, like, don't you think Luke Bryan's like when he's finished, he's just like. I just want to, I don't know, go watch some Netflix and people leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I would guess yeah. it doesn't look uh, like something that I would want to do. I think it's probably a young person's. Yeah. But some people are just born for it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or some people think that they're going to be stars and they're really like way off. But that's another person that we won't talk about on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, here's a picture of you. I know that you, let's see, how old were you when you decided to just pack it all up and go to Nashville? I was 30. Oh, you were 30. Mm -hmm. Okay. So are we missing something between uh, starting to write songs and starting to pack it up and go to Nashville? Well, I, um, when I started, I started when I was 20. And so I started writing, singing. Um, I went down and did a couple, a uh, couple CDs, a couple cassettes, just, if you guys Cassettes. have heard of those before. Yeah. I um, have this over here. I'm going to pull this out again. Um, and then finally, about that. I, and, I, I see it. and I have this too. So, and I had to go through a lot of like 80s stuff to find that. But so um, anyway, I, um, when I turned 30, I was, um, I just basically was feeling like if I don't go now, I'm never going to go because I was still single and um, hadn't planted roots back home yet. And I thought it was time to do it. So I looked for a job and uh, the first uh, first place I um, I applied to, they called me and they were nice enough to interview me on a Saturday. I went down there and I could see the Nashville skylight from the from the front like walkway. And I thought this would be really cool. And uh, they so that was at 30 or 30. OK, 30 years old. So this is the picture. OK, so I have a picture here of you. It looks like a U-Haul and a pickup truck. Oh, my gosh. Um, that. That looks Tommy's like a, in there. That looks like a country song in, in itself. Yeah, that's a country song. In <laughs> fact, that's the song, or that's the song. That's the house that uh, I wrote down the idea for what I wouldn't give. Really? Okay, so we got to get to that. Um, okay. Okay, and I, like, I don't know if we should go into that right now. Let's go or, into it. Okay. Okay, so 
I need to know the real scoop on this, what I wouldn't give. So this is what I wouldn't give. And it's written by Charlie and by Tommy Carlos and by um, Charlie, Charlie Steppel. Yeah. So I, you gave this to me and Steve and I used to drive in my white trailblazer listening to this. Like, I'm not kidding. Like every single night, I just awesome. loved that song and I knew that it was going to be, you know, a hit, but I actually think that you and Tommy sing it better than Blake Shelton. Um, but when I would listen to the lyrics of this song, you know, I would think of like, what, what really happened? And so I asked Tommy and I don't think I got the truth. Like, I'm like, I feel like there's this like really deep, like sad romantic breakup story or like getting, you know, I'm like, I, you know, and he didn't, I don't know if he really gave me the real scoop. Um, I think he did but he just didn't dig deep into it and okay what I can, happened I can tell, tell me the real side of it okay my I'll side of side. it if you um let's pull that picture back up pop that picture up okay tommy and i live tommy and i lived together for a year um in this place and that was the moment um, i moved from that house to nashville obviously because there's the u-haul my friend clay is there um with the little u-haul and uh, our mailbox was across the street so you had to be really um, careful going across the street there on 140. Yeah. And um, I was getting ready to go across, and this car zoomed that's by. All, that's off of 140? Yes. Okay. And this car zoomed by, and Tommy said, wow, what I wouldn't give to have that thing. You know, it was like a really cool car. I don't know what it was. I don't know my cars, but it was red and awesome looking. Okay. So I just was started thinking. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of a good title. You know, so I went inside, and I wrote in my hook book, I wrote what I wouldn't give to have her back. And then in parentheses, I wrote, and the reason why she's not here is because of what I wouldn't give my whole heart. And I just closed the book and then um, forgot about it because it was just with like my journal and all that good stuff. And then um, a year later, when I was living in Nashville, um, Tommy came down and had a writing appointment with Charlie Steffel. And I threw out that idea. And Tommy started humming which is funny. I don't even know if he knows that he's the one that like spit it out. And then I took it and then wrote it with him later. It's kind of cool how it happened like that. So anyway, so he starts humming around on a melody. Charlie loved it. And um, Tommy had gone through a breakup that was, um, that helped write this song. A That's lot. what we want to hear about the, the juicy stuff. Yeah. Cause he I didn't share that. I don't, think. I don't know if I know juice, but um, <laughs> I know that he was, he was uh he was still struggling with things like that. Okay. And Charlie was in the middle of a breakup and he was tore up. And so I feel a little guilty because um, I was not. So I just thought of like a, a hooky title and I, and I, I loved how it paid off two times. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've had enough breakups in my past where, you know, I just had to draw from whichever one I wanted to, to kind of get the emotions in there. And uh, so they were like writing from a raw place and I was writing from a memory place on that yeah and, and uh here's another strange thing is um i had been in nashville for a while and we'd had a couple close calls with songs uh different songs that tommy and i had wrote and charlie and i wasn't ready for nashville because i was like you know i'm going to nashville you know i've written 12 songs and who are the lucky people i'm going to record my songs when i got there nobody liked my songs and so get out. Uh, how can it how could anyone oh, not like your songs? Oh, well, 
I was just like piecing songs together. I knew what a chorus was and a verse, and I kind of knew how to put together a song, but to start writing from, to dig deep and to get the good stuff, I just wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. I was still learning and I still am and I always will. But anyway, so I wasn't getting any, I wasn't getting anywhere. So after we finished this song, we had this tradition, Tommy and I were, you know, we, we, we had a cassette back then. We had the little handhelds that we recorded on and we'd listen to it on the way home. And before I, before I took off and rewound the tape, he goes, he goes, we just wrote a hit song. And I was like, I hope so. And and he kind of got irritated with me. He's like, what are you talking about? Don't you love this? And I was like, I like it. And you know, it's a good song. Yeah. And, uh, but that, at that point I was starting to get a little jaded because, you know, these publishers were like, this is pretty good. And I'm like, you know, and you want to keep a copy of it? And they're like, no, nah. I'm like, okay. And so, and they're like, Ooh, this is close. You know, they'd be like, this is close. I'm like, okay, what's, what's going to make this closer? Well, that's right. Second verse. And you fix the second verse and bring it back. And I just couldn't get a song to, um, I couldn't get the publishers really excited. So, so I was a little bit like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, um, and it bothered Tommy. So we listened to it and I liked it. And I was like, it's a good song. And he just couldn't believe that I didn't think it was a hit. <laughs> and then, uh, cause I just, I don't know. I was, I guess I was starting to get jaded and, um, well, it's easy to do. Yeah. I think it probably, well, Nashville. yeah. And I was, I wasn't ready for the, for the heartbreak, uh, down there with people saying they're going to record your song and then they don't. And then, right. um, you call back home and they're recording it today. And right. then, um, and then they changed their mind. They want a different song. So they just kind of kicked it out in the middle of the studio. But uh, wow, wow. All these people in Nashville, that happens to them all the time. So it's, yeah, just, it's, for part, sure. it's part of the deal. But I just had no idea that that stuff happened. Yeah. So so Tommy and Charlie and I recorded a demo. And even when in the studio, I was thinking, OK, this is a good song. I like this song. You know, it, But I wasn't like Tommy was. Tommy was head over heels for this song. And then I had to leave early from the studio and then he dropped off a copy. So I wasn't there when he sang it. I wasn't there when they mixed it, did the harmonies or anything. And so I got home from work the next day cause I was teaching down in Nashville. And uh, there was just, he just propped a CD up on my door, my apartment door. So I went inside and I put it in and I played it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great song. Really? That's when I got it. I just didn't get it. I couldn't hear it through just uh, acoustic and um, on a cassette tape. Yeah, to hear it the fully full, recorded. Full yeah. demo with and Tommy had the production in his head um from the get-go. So wow. that's that's the story, huh? Yeah. Well, I think I love the lyrics. I think it's such a great, like it's such a sad but really cool song. Thank and you. I'm gonna pull up the picture here because um yeah, this is the coolest picture ever. Here, here you are with your gold record. Oh yeah. Um Corey Wallace took that picture. That is like an awesome picture. So what were you thinking when you got that? Um, it was just, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's, I thought it was going to be more than it was. I mean, like when you reach a goal and something cool happens, I'm very grateful for it and very excited about it. But, uh, you know, it just makes you go, okay, you know, let's, let's see what we can do. I didn't want to just like sit around and um, rest on it too long and celebrate too long. Which is kind of funny that I just said that because um, after that happened, that's when I moved back home. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, when Tommy was on this podcast, he was on my first podcast, and I asked him before we ever started um, doing the interview, I said, 
he said, well, what songs do you want me to sing? And I said, you know, you sing whatever you want. And um, he said, okay. I said, but, you know, I guess my favorite is what I wouldn't give. And he said, oh, well, just how about not that one? Okay. He goes, Charlie always sings that one. And I said, oh, okay. I mean, that's fine. I said, you know, sing whatever you want to sing. You know, sing one for the veterans or whatever. And so, and then when we got in here, I was, you know, talking about the song and everything. And I was like, oh, hey, why don't you sing us that song, What I Wouldn't Give? And he goes, you want me to sing What I Wouldn't Give, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, that one. And I go, yeah. And then I like, it hits me like, oh, oh crap, that's the one, that's the one I'm not supposed to tell him to sing. But I do want you to sing it. So would you mind singing it oh, for us? I don't mind at all. Okay. But uh, Tommy sings the heck out of this song. So I don't know why. Yeah, he sings great. He's the one He did sound awesome. Yes, he did sound awesome. Let's hear your. Let me know if you can hear my guitar. Okay. Here's Charlie Brown, What I Wouldn't Give. Leave the radio on just to hear a voice other than mine Cause I can't bear to hear the cold truth running through my mind Everything I did wrong just keeps haunting me It won't let me be Lying here without you, girl, I'm starting to see why you gave up on me. What I wouldn't give just to go back when you were in my life. I'd do it right this time. What I didn't do. Give my whole heart you, and that's why you're gone. I know I was wrong, and I'll never hold you again. Because of what I wouldn't give. You want me to do the second verse? Sure, I love it. Second verse, same as the first. Kills me to think how much you try to make things work. I wouldn't listen to you, but all I would do is put myself first. I took you for granted, I pushed you away a little more each day. Somewhere inside this hell, I have seen my mistakes. But now it's too late what I wouldn't give just to go back when you were in my life. 
do it right this time. What I didn't do, give my whole heart to you. And that's why you're gone. I know I was wrong. And I'll never hold you again. Because of what I wouldn't give. Cause of what I wouldn't give. Oh, wow, thank you guys. <laughs> Let's see your fans <laughs> out there. <laughs> Sound like 20, 25 of them. That's good. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, thank you, know, you, Blake Shelton. God bless Blake Shelton. And I want to say one more thing. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no. Um, Lila McCann also recorded this song, and I don't know if you've heard that version. I did. I heard. I listened um, to it. And she is uh, one of my, well, she's my favorite country vocalist. And um, long story short, I've always wanted to get a song on her record. And even though uh, her record didn't come out, she did record the song and invited us into the studio to hear it. And it was just so cool. So I'm just as proud as the Lila McCann, what I wouldn't give cut as I did, uh, or as I am the Blake Shelton. Yeah. So. And that's on your website too, right? Yes. Her, of her singing, her version. Yeah. Yeah. So you, did you get to meet Blake Shelton after all this? So you write this, you know, gold record for him. Did you get to meet him? I did. I did. I so kind of. Uh, what was that like? I kind of weaseled my way in there. You had to after, weasel your way. I mean, you think that Blake Shelton would be like. Well, he he wasn't like calling me up and thanking me for the song or really? anything. Really, but uh, I after he recorded it, um, Tommy and I went to Walmart. He told you the debit or credit story. <laughs> yeah. Go there. yeah, but, but maybe you should tell because the you know people that watch Tommy's um, might not watch you. You know, there might be different viewers. So okay, let's so, hear the story on your your version of the right. story. So after. Uh, well, Blake Shelton was going to record the song after Lone Star had it on hold. I feel like I'm name dropping, but that's all right. Uh, Lone Star had it on hold, uh, Clay Walker, and then Gary Allen. And these people were like giving us maybes and stuff. And then there was just like dead silence for um, about seven years after we wrote it. So the song didn't get recorded until seven years after the demo. Wow. That's a long time. So finally, I was just like, man, nobody's recording this song. What's... Uh, what am I going to do? So I took a songwriting workshop um, at uh, Major Bob um, Music Publishing. That's Garth's manager's son. And uh, so I, I wanted a little Garth connection anyway. So I played the song for um, for them. And they had mm -hmm. like a hit songwriter um, special guest. And played the song around for the panel. You also met Garth Brooks here. We, do we I met Garth twice. Okay, here's a picture of you with um, oh, yeah. Garth Brooks. <laughs> the you look Fox like theater. you're like I 16 like there. <laughs> wow. That is a pretty cool picture, though. No scruff for me on that one. <laughs> so uh, where was I? Blake Shelton? Uh, yeah, so you... Anyway, so I played the song. The hit songwriter said um, the first verse needed some work. It wasn't, um, it wasn't right or something was going on with it. So I thought, okay, well... I guess I'm going to go fix the first verse and see if Charlie and Tommy are okay with that. Um, but before I got to do that, um, Mike Doyle emailed me and asked me if if I could, if he got a cut, if I would split his publishing with him and piece of the pie, basically, for helping helping me out. And he said he had Rascal Flats in mind, but uh, they didn't uh, they didn't 
either they didn't get it or they passed on it. And then end up Blake Shelton was going to record it. So we're all excited. And, you know, after uh, after a bunch of maybes and, and things are starting to pick up with it. So the day he was supposed to record our song, he um, I think the producer had to like uh, adopt a baby or something from out of, out, of, out of the country. OK, so it was hard to be mad. I was just disappointed that the song wasn't getting recorded. But I was like, OK, go ahead. And so, and then when he came back, they had to change producers. And so the new producer had to like the songs. Long story short, on my birthday in 2007, it came out. And Tommy and I- On your birthday? On my birthday. Was that planned? No. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. It was not planned. Like you just, your hit song comes out on your birthday. It came out on my birthday. That's yeah. a sign from God for sure. Yeah. Okay. So your song comes out, you're excited. And- um, so we go to Walmart. At Walmart and where? Wood River? Nashville. I'm in oh, Nashville. Nashville. You're in Nashville. What am I thinking? Nashville okay. this time. So I had to get up extra early because I was teaching inner city kids. And so I had to get there really early. We we found the CD. I actually went to a Walmart that didn't have it. They didn't have didn't have them out yet because it was six in the morning. So uh, we went to another one that did have it. And so I just picked it up off the shelf and I looked on the back and said what I wouldn't give. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think this might be happening. But I still didn't believe it. So I had to unwrap it right there in the aisle and see my name in microscopic print. I'm like, okay, my name's on there. Tommy, your name's on there. So Tommy was standing there next to me and going through the, to check it, um, to get checked out and pay for it. And I was just like grinning and just, I couldn't believe it was happening. And I still didn't believe it was happening, but uh, the lady that was, that was like ringing me up, I was just like, um, song number eight on there. I was like, I wrote that song. And she just looked at me and goes, debit or credit. <laughs> So we started. So he so was not excited, oh but my I was. Gosh. So uh, anyway, so after the did you laugh? Oh yeah, started <laughs> crack up. And then she got uh, more grouchy with me. But anyway, so we, so Tommy and I put it, put that disc in, and I got to hear it two or three times before, uh, before I got to work that day. Couldn't believe it. So what about the first time that you heard it on the radio? Where were you? Um, I have not heard what I wouldn't give on the radio, like a radio station, but it's been on, um, like Spotify and things like that. So, okay. um, but I haven't had like the, a regular, like a Tommy, Tommy had that moment with a uh, roll with me where right. driving down the road and it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So, but, uh, but it was cool. I mean, I could just, you know, Blake Shelton singing the words that we wrote in the melody and it's just that we created out of. Uh, thin air, you know, right. of course. Yeah, I just think it's crazy that some of these artists, like, you know, that you don't just meet them. Like, you write this number one song for them, and then, you know, like, Will Nance wrote She's Everything for Brad Paisley, and then I don't even know if he's met him still. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. you know what? That's what I was talking about, Blake meeting Blake Shelton. So, yeah, um, let's get back Back on it. my other story. You guys hang on yeah. tight. So, I... After that happened, and I and I was dead set that this is this is happening because I was listening to the song. I uh, I have a friend who lives in Denver, and and Blake Shelton's gonna be playing at the Grizzly Rose. Yeah, uh, my friend's name's Dan Shibler. He's a good friend of mine. We write songs too, so I flew out and stayed with him. We went to the Grizzly Rose, and um, I was hoping he would play what I wouldn't give. And he got on a stool and he like did the old acoustic thing. And I was like, please play this song, but he did not. Um, but before the show was over, I went to the merchandise guy and I was like, hey, is there any way, you know, I could talk to Blake Shelton for just like one minute? And he goes, no, that's not going to happen. And I said, I just wanted to thank him for 
Brighton uh, or for recording one of my songs. He's yeah. like, you did? I said, yeah. He said, what's your name? I said, Charlie Brown. And he looked at me, he's like, no, no, it's not. I go, I'm serious. And then suddenly he had to look it up because he thought I was just being a smart ass. <laughs> and so, and he goes, okay, hold on a second. And he said, just hang out after the show for a little bit. So Dan and I hung out and they were putting the, the bar stools up on the tables and it was getting late. Like it was lights were on and they were sweeping up and it was like not many people in there. And finally the manager came out and waved me over. We walked across the, the dance floor and, and Blake was leaning against the bus out there. They were all packed up, ready to go. And he was leaning against the bus and he goes, Hey, he's like, Hey, Charlie. Right. And I said, yeah, he goes, he said, shoot, dude. I love that song. I can't talk wow. like a country guy, but he's like, shoot, dude, I love that song. And, and I shook his hand. And I said, don't be afraid to put that thing on the radio. And he's like, I won't. And then by about that time, his um, manager came and kind of tapped him and said, we got to get out of here because uh, they had another place to get to for the next day. And I didn't even think to do like a picture, which I'm actually glad I didn't because people are like so selfie happy these days. And I just have the memory in my head. Well, that's sweet, though, that yeah. you you remember the moment instead of oh, thinking oh. about getting your camera out or whatever. Yeah. I just think it's really crazy, though, that, that the artists don't, you know, um, want to, you know, that they don't just meet the people who are writing the songs. I mean, there's so much creativity. All the talent is like writing the song, coming up with the melody and all of that. And then, you know, some artist sings it and then it's like they don't even know who, you know, who wrote the song. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm sure there are some artists out there that are more that lean more toward, you know, I want to make sure I know these people. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm sure there are um, songwriters who start to write just for that um, artist. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Luke Bryan maybe has some you know, a couple that he uses all the time. I know like yeah. Krista Stefano writes for Carrie Underwood and um, Brett James writes for her a lot. And yeah. um, so I guess what they get you, you kind of get used to playing off one another and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, and you also, so when did you meet um, Charlie um, Stuffel? Charlie Stuffel. That That's was, a picture of you. That was him. what a huge blessing uh, to meet him. That was during right before I moved to Nashville. I was I was commuting, going back and forth and trying to figure out, you know, how to write songs and how to meet people and this and that. And at the Bluebird Cafe, uh, there was a, a Garth night. Garth wasn't there, but it was all the writers who wrote his hits. And I was like, oh, I got to go listen to all those. There was like, the, you know, Pat Alger was there, Tony Arata, Charlie Steffel, which I didn't recognize him because he. And that's um, so tell the listeners who he is. And there is a picture um, with Tommy Carlos, too. Charlie um, is just a the most wonderful human being in the world. If you if you're in the music business, I hope everybody gets to meet a Charlie Stuffel. But he's you know he's so talented. He wrote uh, the visit for Chad Brock and George Jones. He wrote the fool um, for Leanne Womack. Um, he's got you know just a hundred bluegrass cuts. Uh, he wrote what I wouldn't give uh, with us, and I know I'm missing a whole bunch. Um, he just got a ton of cuts and just he's just so talented and he's so intelligent. And he's also a teacher as well. Wow. Okay. Um, he's a retired teacher now. I think he's 72, still writing songs, still getting cuts. It's he's amazing. So anyway, I'm at the Bluebird Cafe waiting, uh, waiting in line. I'm down there all by myself, and I just wasn't gonna miss this show. And I'm just standing next to Charlie and I had no idea. And I said, Hey, what's going on? Just waiting here. Yeah, here for the Garf show. He's like, Yeah, me too. And uh, you know, I'm like, you write songs? He's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, you know, I'm just so green. And I'm just like, 
so awkward. And I'm just like, well, have you had any luck? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm having some luck. And right <laughs> at the moment that I asked him that, the fool for Leanne Womack was number number one on the charts. That's funny. he had the number one song in country radio, and I'm like, you, you write songs? <laughs> and so um, he asked me if I wrote songs, and I said, yes, I do. And um, I told him I was taking songwriting lessons from a few different people, and he's like, you don't need to take songwriting lessons. He's like, you quit paying those people. He said, you send me your songs, I'll give you free advice, free critiques. So wow. I would, every time I wrote a song. And it was probably with Tommy back then. We were co-writing all the mm -hmm. time back then. I would just send Charlie a cassette and he would listen to it. And he would turn the cassette over and rewind it. And he would just start talking like, hey, your first verse needs this and that. And uh, <laughs> I thought and, I had uh, my phone off. Sorry. That's okay. Phone's in my guitar case. So, hopefully so Andy out. just interrupted your story, but I'm sorry. That's okay. It's all right. So Andy. Charlie Stuffel, he's giving you feedback on your um yeah long story short he's 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 mailing me back you know i sent him um, stamped envelopes and he's just mailing it back and he's just doing this for free i go and i said would you write a song with me this was probably a couple months later after after a couple critiques or whatever so yeah come on down and so i go down to nashville and i was going to get a hotel and he said you're not getting a hotel no he said no i did get a hotel but i said i'm, I'm gonna go uh I'll write, I'll write on this day and I'll go get some food and take a nap and come back. He's like, no, we'll just write all day. We wrote nonstop for two days. Um, and the hotel was just a couple months away and he would not let me pay for any food whatsoever. He took me out to lunch um, and dinner. So he bought me four meals. I just met him, wrote songs with him. Um, some of those songs are on my older albums and just like, what a huge blessing. What a great guy. And, you know, I think it's nice that people want to pay it forward, you know, and like, you know, I've met some people even just starting a podcast. They're like, you know what? I'll teach you everything I know about podcasts, you know, or whatever. It's yeah. just, and I feel like that with, you know, women and business, like if there's something I can do to help somebody else then, but what a great guy. He had all these hits and, and what a great songwriter. Yeah. And then to just want to help you for free. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are a lot of people in Nashville that are the opposite of Charlie too, that you have to kind of wade through yes. and get through. But uh, I know some of those too. Now, let's go back to your old music because you have this song. Well, first of all, I'm going to pull this picture up. This was Cheyenne. I had this cassette. cassette. Okay, this yes. said to Jake. I think you sent me this picture. But I actually have this cassette. And I think you wrote um, to Missy on it. But I can't find it right this second. Okay. But I know I have it. And I have that like 8 by 10 picture of you that you um, signed to. Oh, my God. I kept all of it, you know. You never know, you know, I might, might be going for lots of money right now. No, I'm just kidding. I would never sell it. I saw um, one at a yard sale uh, a couple of <laughs> years ago and it was on sale for a quarter. Really? Uh, yeah. A quarter? Yeah. <laughs> what, did you say anything? No, no, I didn't even buy it. <laughs> was this a Mazalto? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was South Roxana. In South Roxana, yeah. they were selling your stuff for a quarter. Yeah, I didn't even buy it. So. I'm not even going to make a Roxana joke about that. You know, I want to also <laughs> correct myself because I think the reason why I made, uh, you know, comments about Roxana, because they actually did have some really good cheerleaders. I mean, they could all do like backhand springs and crazy oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, they My were really good. Cheerleader. Yeah, I will give them that. Um, they were good with that. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> So um, <laughs> this other um, album that you had here, Shenandoah Summer, mm -hmm. um, who's Sharon? You signed up for Sharon? 
maybe. Um. Oh, so you had a cowboy hat on in this. Okay, so Andy has a cowboy hat that he had to wear in this wedding. It's ridiculous. And he wanted to wear it tonight to the hunting show. I'm like, please do not wear that. I'm like, oh, really? Why not? Oh, my gosh. It did not look like that. Charlie, like, that looks pretty cool. I mean, you're a country singer. That's, but I, that's when I was trying to be Garth Brooks, you know. Oh, so. okay. You were doing that. I, you know, yeah. I, had to, I even like sang with twang and it, and it took me five years to get rid of my twang, my fake twang when I was singing. You tried to sing oh, with the twang? Yeah, I wanted to be just like him. Huh. Totally. Hmm. Well, well, why don't you, do you have any good songs from your, uh, your five albums that you released that you could sing us another song? Um, or what do you want to sing us? You don't have to sing it from the, from your old stuff. I'll sing, but... uh, what do you want to hear? I don't know. Surprise me. I will play you. How about the song? Um, the last song I just finished. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, this is uh, a song I just wrote. Um, I guess when I just got back from Nashville, so probably a week ago. Okay, and, let's hear it. Um, What's it called? It's called Jealous of Elvis. Jealous of Elvis? I love Elvis. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do too. Here we um, go. I've spent, um, I spent a long time trying to find the right words uh, to write a song for my mom. And the song is about my mom. Oh, that's sweet. All right. It's honest. And I have a string out of tune. Sorry, guys. It's okay. I think I remember all the words and the chords. Here we go. Jealous of Elvis. That baseball must have had wings. Little league groin. I still have one string out of tune. I'm so sorry. That's all right. This is real. This is real country stuff that's happening right now. This is what happens. You got to tune your stuff. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. That baseball must have had we. Little League Glory hit my first home. We were dancing all around the Crowd going crazy, coach put me on his shoulders. I was waving my hands, scanning the stand. My most important fan stayed home. Sitting alone, wrapped up in those songs, whiskey. And the king of rock and roll. She always said, staring at the TV, said, Have you ever seen a more beautiful boy? Have you ever heard a more beautiful voice? Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm selfish. Maybe I don't care. I can't help it. I'm jealous of Elvis. I remember the day he died She was falling apart No way to console her I remember the way that she cried 
she was hurting so bad I never even told her. Kelly and King gave me back my ring, told me that she didn't love me. I was dying inside, but I had to hide how I needed my mama to hug me. She always said, staring at the TV, said, have you ever seen a more beautiful boy? Have you ever heard such a beautiful voice? Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm selfish. Maybe I don't care. Can't help. I'm jealous of Elder. The day that we laid her to rest, I had a hole in my chest. One day I'll see her again. Till then she's up there with him. He always said, staring at the TV, said, Have you ever seen a more beautiful boy? Have you ever heard a more beautiful voice? Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm selfish. Maybe I don't care, can't help. I'm jealous. Wow. Yeah. That's a tearjerker. Yep. So you gonna talk about that? Um, wow, I could talk about it for about an hour, but basically uh my mom um had a lot of um mental issues early on. And so it was tough as a kid when you don't uh, know about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really rough um, growing up with her. And uh, but we had, um, you know, she loved us in in her own way. You know, she was always uh, we always had clothes. We always had food. Um, I know she loved us, but she just wasn't uh, quite there. And so um, I've been writing and writing and writing, trying to find the right uh, right thing to say. And I didn't want to be uh, mean in the song. But I wanted to be honest, and uh, I wrote the the first verse and the chorus um, before I went to my trip to Nashville, um, and then I had a writing point with Rob Crosby, and he helped me finish the song. And wow. uh, he's he was the perfect person to take it to because he's an incredible writer. He wrote um, "Concrete Angel," Martina McBride, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite songs, and a million other songs that I yeah. could just list and list. But uh, it was. I didn't know. Um, I knew it was really good. I knew it was strong, but I thought I was going to have to finish it on my own because I don't know if anybody would want to touch it. And he was just like, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm, I'm in," and he wanted to. He wanted to finish it with me because he was like, "This is real." He's like, "I want to write a real song, and this is real." So I said, "All right, let's do it." And so the whole song, he was just like, "Okay, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? What do you want to say?" So I just spilled it out, and that happened. Yeah, I mean, that is super raw and you just being like super authentic and real. And I mean, a lot of people, I can imagine maybe it's a little therapeutic too. Yeah. Um, but being super vulnerable, putting something like that out there. Yeah. I kept saying to Rob, I was like, I don't know, should we really put that? And he's like, you got to put that. That's the truth, right? And I said, yeah, it's the truth. He said, is this the truth? I said, yeah. And I said, you got to leave it. You got to leave it alone. I said, okay. 
So that song, I just recorded it. Um, I just actually got the mix back today, and I'm so I'm probably going to. It's going to be like a lyric video. I'm going to throw it out on YouTube probably um, when I get home tonight. I'm going to throw it out. That's you'll get to hear the. You'll get to hear it with tuned guitar. Uh, actually, it's a piano vocal, but it'll be tuned uh, instruments, and I won't be starting over and this and that. So thanks for hanging with me on that. Thanks for yeah. listening to it. Thank you for playing that. That's that was um really sweet. I mean, I'm I'm. It's a sad song for sure. I'm almost made me cry, but yeah. Um, but thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So we didn't really talk about your um. You know, you've got a wife, you got you had a son um later in life, right? He's like yes. nine or he's nine? gonna be nine Sunday. So okay. yeah, so long story short, I had a bunch of um relationships that were not the greatest at all. And uh I finally got my act together when I was forty. And uh Oh, I'm trying to think of when I got my act together, um, like four years ago, maybe. <laughs> really? <laughs> Well, <laughs> like 49, my, my act's not all the way together, but it was together enough. And, yeah. Uh, and then I met Sarah and, uh, you know, that's when I was like, you know, maybe I'm just the guy that's not going to get married and um, too much baggage, too much stuff, too much stuff going on and uh, not have kids. And, and so. Why did you think yeah. you had baggage? I mean, not to. You don't really have baggage. Oh, just um, I guess uh, just baggage, just as in like you know bad relationships and. Oh and, well, yeah, I have a lot of that. Just, I have a lot of bad. Um, bad I was baggage. a mess. They were a mess. Um, it was just easier to just like you know how many times do I have to? I've been there. Go through something like this. Yeah. So I met Sarah, and, and it was just you know we got married um, 364 days after we met, and uh, we're married. 364 days. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then a couple years of marriage, um, we decided to have a kid. And uh, because we were both, you know, we weren't old, but we weren't, uh, you know, we weren't getting any younger. So, right. So it's just a huge blessing. I, it's, it's crazy. I actually, they're the best thing that's ever happened to me. My wife, my son, um, you know, the songwriting is great and I get to chase my dreams. I love that. But we really haven't talked about teaching much. And uh, yeah, let's talk about and, teaching because uh, I know you're um, you're a cooking teacher. Is that right? Yeah, I'm I teach kids how to cook. Yeah, well, you, you should have teach me how to cook because and well, I don't want to. I don't even want to learn how to cook. I don't think. But um, I could. That's you. what the locks brick house is for. <laughs> Start with the basics or just go to locks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another shout out to locks. Um, mm -hmm. Ross, you owe me. This is sponsorship. I do love their burgers. Yeah, well, I get chicken every time. Chicken, broccoli, chicken, and broccoli every day. That's what I get. It's healthy. How often do you go there? Like, I'm serious. We probably go there every other day. I'm not kidding. That's every where day. Andy is, like, credit card, Locks Brick House. <laughs> We're paying the rent at Locks Brick House That's for awesome. sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, giving back to the local community. Yeah, buy local. Yeah. But no, you, so you're cooking, you're a cooking teacher, mm -hmm. and you're a high school teacher. Um, so tell me a little bit. Yeah, we didn't talk about teaching. I, um, when I graduated from SIU, I started uh, teaching at uh, East Alton. I applied at Roxanna, but uh, they didn't have any openings. So I was at East Alton for six years. So I've taught boilers, shells, and eagles. But anyway, so after, after East Alton, I moved to Nashville. Um, but now you're an Eagles fan, right? I am an Eagles fan. Okay. But once a shell, always a shell. So yeah, throw that there. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, when Steve was from Roxana, and then I, I used to tease him because I'm like, yeah, but your kid's going to be playing 
Eagle football. True. So he, you know, he had to become a Bethalto Eagles fan. So, anyway. but we're really all the same. We're all small town. It's sure. Same. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> Bunker Hill. So, yeah. <laughs> so then I came back to East Alton um, after Nashville. And then I went to Roxana. Um, and in, in between all that, I've taught creative writing. I've taught fifth grade math, um, fifth grade self-contained. Um, I even did creative writing. Eighth grade science, I was not a very good science teacher, um, but I had the teacher's manual, so that's always good. And then uh, at Roxanne, I was language arts. And then um, then I went into the food. Wow. And then... Um, how and did then, you learn to... How does that... How do you become a teacher and then start cooking, teaching cooking? When I was going through college to become a teacher, I was working for my brother, Bob, Chef Bob. And oh, your I, brother, Bob, is Chef Bob? Chef Bob Brown, yeah. That's I did not brother. know that. That's my big brother. He has like a catering business, right? Mm -hmm. He's okay. retired now. But okay. Yes. Yeah, I've and heard so a lot about him. Wherever he was working, which was like at Amelia's Airport Restaurant, whatever it's called now. And then um, I would just follow him around and uh, cook for him or be a bartender or wash dishes or whatever he needed. And so I had all these hours under my belt that qualified me to teach cooking. So, wow. Well, maybe I should have you teach some me to cook or something. Yeah. Sometime. Cooking class. And, and I, I took have... one cooking class and I learned how to like roast vegetables. And it really did change my life. Like now I love vegetables. I eat them all the time. When I do cook, I do eat, <laughs> I, I eat vegetables. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Kaylee got me a cooking um, certificate, a gift card or whatever. Um, yeah. So Kaylee's a teacher too. Uh, mm -hmm. She was until she had my grandbaby and now she's home. Um, but so you're, you awesome. do cooking and now you have these YouTube channels too. You have like a cooking YouTube, um, channel, you have fishing and what else? I have a, um, a cooking uh, channel. I actually created it for my students, but uh, other people fishing. are kind of getting on there too. So that's cool. So whenever I get a new uh, recipe, I throw it out there. Um, and I started doing it during COVID because I was teaching from home. So I was just making videos and stuff. So that's been fun. I've been throwing videos out there for cooking. And then uh, that's cooking with Coach Brown. And then I had, um, during the lockdown, I was just going stir crazy. So I started um, recording uh, fishing videos. So I started fishing, fishing with Coach videos. Brown. And so, okay. I did watch one and I learned about a, um, forget what it is, some sort of net. Netting, how to net a fish? Maybe. It was like yeah. you said, you have to get this. I forget what it was called. I told Andy about it and like I knew I I remembered it at the time. It was this net that you get down there and get your fish. How do you use um, a dip net? Mm -hmm. A dip net. Yeah. 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 Right. So I used to fish with my grandpa when I was little, but here's your fishing YouTube, fishing with Coach Brown. Mm -hmm. Now does then and here you are fishing and waving. That's really a nice picture, fall fall picture. Yeah, I was young then. You were? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, you don't think so? Well, let me pull that back up and see. Younger. Younger. Okay. Yeah, you don't. You didn't have the scruff, the facial hair. Yeah. My hair was brown. Yeah. Okay. So then that you were young then. Um. <laughs> but you have a. So you have the cooking show. And what are you? What are you teaching how to cook on the cooking on the YouTube channel? Um. Like easy lot. stuff. Like everything's easy that I do. For other people. Like macaroni and cheese. Um. um I don't, I don't know if that's on there. Like like grillings on there. Some of the recipes we do, um, cinnamon homemade cinnamon rolls. That's on there. It's not okay. as hard as people think it is. A lot of people are afraid of like using yeast because it's they think it's difficult, but it's really not. Um, that's one of my favorite recipes on there. 
um, you know, like buffalo chicken legs, things like that. Cheesy chicken fireballs, which is a recipe that I made up. Yeah. So it's basics. Um, it's easy. And with the fishing one, it's that's for the complete beginner too. Like, you know, tying a knot, fishing for bluegill, uh, simple things. And the fishing channel helped me. Um, it kind of lend itself to like me interviewing like my, my songwriting friends. Like, you know, Charlie Stuffle went fishing with me one time. Uh, okay. That was fun. We just went fishing. We, it, it was not educational in the fishing area at all. I was just asking questions about George Jones and he recorded a song and Garth Brooks and all that stuff. It was just a good way to interview those guys. So, so like a fishing like, podcast. Those are like little. Yeah. That's what you should have. Yeah. Um, so it was just a good release during COVID. And yeah. So I didn't go crazy. I had to do some stuff to be creative. Yeah. And then you also have some artwork. So you, this is your, it's called Eclectic Rust by Charlie Brown. So tell us about that. Um, that was another COVID thing. I started. Um, uh, you were busy during COVID. Yeah, I have. Were to, you wearing your mask? Uh, at home, I was by myself okay. in the bathroom. But <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, anyway, I was definitely wearing my mask. And because uh, they're important. Okay. Yes, they're and, very important. And uh, anyway, so I went down the basement and I saw a um, get your vaccine. A bunch of bunch of rusty stuff. And uh, yes, get your vaccine. And, and I just started making these big lures that obviously are not real lures, but uh, and so I started like plastering like old leaves on them, like fall leaves and stuff like that. And so I just kind of ran with it. And then my brother Jack is a welder, so he made me these huge, um, like foot tall high, um, rusty hooks. Actually, they were they weren't rusty, and I rusted them with salt and vinegar and things like that. And I started making these big things, these big lures. And finally, I, the basement started getting filled up. So I thought I'm gonna have an art show. And uh, it was a little scary at first because I didn't know if I was really an artist, but I had all this stuff, so I. I rented out the Klein Hall and had a had an art show and had some people out and it was fun. It was fun to do a a non-song creative thing. Yeah. Because usually I'm if I get all these wild ideas, I tell myself no because I need to focus on songwriting. And then my wife, who's very good for me, and she said, you know, why don't you just let your let yourself chase other creative things? I said, okay, I will. That's so good I, advice. I did. Yeah, I feel like in like for me, I have a corporate job and I'm busy all day. I'm lead payer relations and government affairs for a ventilator company. And um, this podcast is like a creative outlet and I'm having fun with it, but I literally almost feel guilty for having fun. Like I'm just, <laughs> you know, cause I don't really do that many things for fun. Um, cause I've always been working so much, you know, mm -hmm. but that is true. I think that's good, good advice you. from your, from your wife, just like, you know, allowing yourself, and I also didn't have the time to do it. So it's like allowing yourself this time to be creative and do something different than what, and like songwriting for you is your job. So, you know, you having a, another outlet to do something else, you know, and, and um, that's creative is also kind of fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So do you sell this artwork now? I mean, you have the show, but do you continue um, to sell pieces or? I don't only because I, um, they're gone. The pieces are gone. You I sold them I all. sold most of them, and then um, there were a couple stragglers. Actually, I do. I have two left, but there's they're huge pieces, like um, like the big enough to put on this wall or something, like a big fish or something. It would or... fit on that wall. Okay. Yeah. You okay. actually, yeah, you should probably buy the biggest one. That would fit <laughs> Did you put like numbers on it? Like this is three of however many fifty or that you I made. I started to do that, and then I lost track. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and so did you give up art or you're, it's just something that you're, you're out of things um, that you made? I don't want to do it anytime soon um, because it was so fun and I was so focused on it and I just ran with it. And I've kind of just, uh, I knew if I did something like that, I would miss songwriting. So and as soon as I started missing songwriting too much, I just got back to it. It was really good for me to have a little departure from songwriting because mm -hmm. now I'm just really into it. This song for my mom, you know, popped out of me. And uh, a few more songs. I've written five or six songs this summer. And a lot of those songs have been with my nephew. I don't know if you know Tanner Brown. He went to... Your nephew's Tanner Brown? Yeah. Oh, I did Chris, not know that. Chris, Tanner, Ashley. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. And Ashley, yeah, my she brother passed Jim, away. Kelly. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was such a be yeah. beautiful girl. Yeah. Yeah. Was. Well, yeah. Tanner... Uh, okay. He was a football stud. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. And we've been um, we've been writing for his um, record. He's coming out with his first record, which is we're going to record it a year. Well, actually, next summer we're going to record it. Really? So we're writing songs for that album. And we're up to about nine songs, and we're going to write as many as we can, and hopefully end up with twelve, and just kick out the ones that uh, the weakest links, I guess. But he's oh, cool. he's a great guitar player. He's a great singer, and a lot of people don't even know that he does. He's kind of a closet writer. Yeah. writer. And so when he comes out, I think people are going to be surprised. And we're really proud of the songs we're writing for that. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, so what's next for you? Um, well, we're getting ready to start school on Monday. You yeah. start school yeah. on Monday. My 30th year in Rome. In Bethalto? Um, or where? It'll be my fifth year in Bethalto, but my 30th okay. um, consecutive year. And what grade are you teaching? Freshman through senior culinary arts or foods. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I remember if I have a food story I'll have to tell you later after this podcast when I was in foods. Well, go ahead and tell me now. It's just um, well, this is really kind of mean, but we were all in foods and this one girl, she was like, I don't think she was very clean, like she wouldn't wash her hands and stuff. And mm -hmm. so and then she started shredding cheese and stuff. And I remember one of my like the students, they were like, we're not using that. And we kind of threw the ingredients away because we were like, we're not eating that. It was not. <laughs> that's my food story. <laughs> that wasn't mean at all. Well, I just think it was mean that, you know, she wasn't. I don't know. Maybe she did wash her hands, but I don't think she probably did. Well, she's mean if she didn't wash her hands. Yeah. Maybe she's the yeah. one. Maybe she started COVID. She did. Who knows? I don't know. Um, COVID off pepper jack cheese. So what else do we need to talk about here? Do you want to sing another song? Um, do you, what do you want to do? I'll do one more song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do uh, another song. And I also want to make sure everyone knows that you are opening up for Tommy Carlos yes. um, at Hathaway Hall in Godfrey, uh, Illinois at six o'clock on October 21st. Yeah. And Billy Hurst is also playing. Yeah. And uh, he's great. another local celebrity um, that will never, I've asked him to play at my house like twice and he's turned me down by the way. Uh, no, he was just busy. Did he? Yeah, he's busy. So I'm gonna text him. But all right, let's hear another song from you, Charlie uh, Brown. Okay. Um, I'm gonna hear something here real quick. It sounds tuned. Yeah. I will. I will sing something off of Roxanna, Tennessee. That album. Does that sound okay? Okay. Yeah. Um, I wrote the, this is a song called Undone, and um, I wrote this song uh, when my wife and I were dating. Uh, after about, I don't know, I guess two or three months, I came home. Uh, she lives, she lived in Blue Springs at the time, Missouri, so 
four hours away. So on my drive home, I thought of this title. When I got home, I wrote half of this. Um, took it to Nashville and finished it. So this is for her. It's called Undone. Look what you've gone and undone. Life I build around not needing anyone. You've unraveled my steel and heart. You broke the old stone wall apart. You stole away my need to run. Look what you've gone and undone. Look what you've got it undone. You took away all the pain where I came from. Every little thing you're doing is turning my whole world to ruin, teaching me that I can trust someone. Look what you've got it undone. Every time you look in my eyes, I get this feeling I'm living for this life. Going it alone. Thought I had a plan. Staying free as I can. Only looking out for number one. Look what you've gone and undone. The damage that I tried to hide from everyone. You fix the broken man in me. Think of who I used to be. Can't believe how far I've come. Look what you've gone and undone. Every time you look in my eyes, get this feeling I'm letting go this life. Going it alone. Thought I had a plan. Staying free as I can. Only looking out for number one. Look what you've done and done. Look what you've done and done. You unraveled my steel wound heart. Unlocked a brand new star. I love it. You like that one? Yeah, that's really good. It's Thank got you. it's very catchy and it's very sweet. Thank you. So I had to bring us back up from the from the jealous of Elvis song. Right. That was what I went er, That was two sad songs. Kaylee said, "Don't end it on a sad note." That's what my daughter Kaylee said. Okay. So well, there's um, a positive note. 
So it is a positive note, but Atlas, you know, that's that was really sweet. You wrote that for your wife? I did. Yeah. She's very cool. She's one of those people that's she's uh she has a Facebook page, but she doesn't post and she doesn't uh, like things. Um she likes things, but she doesn't press like. Um and she's just not um in the limelight and she's just she says she says she's boring, but she's not. She's, she's quiet. Super, she's super intelligent. She's an attorney. She's uh, oh wow. She's witty. She's funny, but she's just a great wife and a great mom. And uh, she takes care of the house, and uh, she takes care of the bills, and she's very organized, and uh, she's supportive of me. I mean, every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday night since we've been married, which is uh, we're coming up on twelve years. Um, I've been out in the garage from 7.30 at night until um, sometimes midnight. And uh, in the summer, I take two weeks by myself um, to go to Nashville. Sometimes uh, her and Eli will come come visit me for a day mm -hmm. or two, but she supports it. And, of course, all this music stuff is uh, costs money. Yeah. So, anyway. She's, That's awesome. She's cool. I have a cool wife. Yeah. It sounds Hope like she's... she's super successful. She's got all the money. Um, yeah, I hope she's watching and, this because I'm yeah. really saying good things yeah. about her. Right. So. And you wrote a sweet song. I mean, every I woman loves that. I mean, I got hooked a couple of times with the whole song, you know, having somebody write you a song. Really? Yeah. And it didn't turn out well. So. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's how they get you. They're like, oh, let me write a song for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, but I got a good one too. I have a really good one. And he writes his own songs too. He should be awesome. he should be a songwriter, actually. Um, he played Tommy Carlos in that seat um before Tommy actually got here so we could try things out and everything for okay. him. Yeah, ask him Your about his song. Writes songs. Um, he doesn't really write songs, but he sings all the time and he's always making up song lyrics. So I mean, technically he probably is a songwriter. Okay. Like we took one of Tommy's songs uh, roll with me, I think, and we put new lyrics to it. So I, that's a special treat for Tommy Carlos that I'm going to oh, um, one day I'm going to get on Snapchat and um, cool. record myself singing the song. So is it called Bowl With Me? <laughs> no, but that's a good one. Thanks. I'll have to look up the lyrics for you. <laughs> I can see a video in my head right now. <laughs> All right. Well, how Charlie... You did tell them about your YouTube, but tell them again how they can find your music and find your art and your fishing shows and all okay. those things. Well, um, my music website is um, charliebrownsongwriter.com. Don't go to Charlie Brown because it'll be the peanuts. Um, so you go to charliebrownsongwriter.com or you can go to the other Charlie Brown. It goes to the same spot. On YouTube for the music, it's Charlie Brown Songwriter. For um, the fishing channel, it's fishing with Coach Brown and cooking with Coach Brown. If you want to learn some new recipes, and the art is gone, but I'll probably make some more in the future sometime. And um, I think that's it. I I really appreciate you guys hanging with me, and uh, thanks for having me on here. This is my very first uh, time this has ever happened. Really? Yeah. Well, this is like I think this has been my most fun podcast. Really? Like, yeah, I honestly do because I feel like it's like. You know, I just, I said, I, my other ones, I feel like I was like a news anchor or something, you know, like I was trying to make it too serious. And I told you, I said, make it fun, you know, help me make it fun too, because help me relax. And you did. So oh, I good. really appreciate that. Yeah. I think that it's, you know, just like Kaylee said, this would be like talking to an old friend. Yeah. And that's exactly. what it is. Um, but before we um, 
stop the podcast. Um, I wanted to um, say, I saw this that you wrote. You said, um, when I asked you about your faith, you said, and I asked how you, how it played into your life. You said, I do my part with teaching music to be better than yesterday and let God unfold it the way it's supposed to be. Or maybe that's on your website. Um, yeah, that's on my website. Yeah. I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though, um, that you are just, you know, that your faith is important to you. It is. Totally. And that, um, you know, you're letting God unfold it the way it's supposed to be. I so. try to let him do it more and more. Same right? here. Instead of just doing things and hoping that he's okay with it. Right. It's better to get aligned with him. So, yeah. Absolutely. Still getting better at that. Well, that's why I wanted to end that on a positive note. Yeah. Um, and so uh, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure that you go to my YouTube page, see the unseen and subscribe. And that's the end of our podcast. So thanks for joining. Thank you.